um, we're going to crack on and we're going to read um, the next bit there. So we're going to read the whole thing again because it kind of flows quite nicely. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, it's Luke chapter 15. We're going to read verses 1 to 3 and then 11 uh, to 32. Uh, and that is on a page number that is too small for me to read. Uh, 1048, so 1048. Uh, or actually 40, yeah, is where we're going to start. And then we're going to flip over onto 1049. It will be on the screen as well um, for you to follow along with. So Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. And then we're on to verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
Father God, as we read your word and consider it, we pray that you will be at work in our hearts by your Holy Spirit to open our eyes, open our ears to what you have to say to us. Uh, please change us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, do you ever feel uh, like you're being left out? Um, were, you, uh, were you one of those kids, or uh, indeed are you one of those kids uh, who never got picked for the team first? Uh, do you ever find yourself being upset because you think that everybody else is going off doing things and you're, you're not part of it? It's, it's not a nice feeling to be left out, is it? It's awful. Well, this morning we're going to look, be looking at a parable where Jesus explains who will be in God's great party in the end. Who will be in and who will be out. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the older son in the parable uh, of the lost sons. David preached, uh, David, Dave, <laughs> uh, preached on the younger brother two weeks ago and we're following on from that today as he said. Um, from the very, very beginning I'd just like to recommend uh, this book. Uh, it's called The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. It's a really, it's a relatively short book, but really excellent, um, particularly on this passage, but on the Christian message uh, as a whole. If you haven't read it, I would heartily recommend it to you. Okay, is that better? I think so. Okay, uh, now you can't really understand the parable without uh, understanding who Jesus is talking to. So you have to go to the, to the start of the chapter here, uh, to verses 1 to 3, which is why we read that at the beginning. There's two groups of people who are gathering around Jesus. Uh, tax collectors and sinners, and Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And tax collectors were like uh, Zacchaeus. Uh, uh, they were people who had sided with the Romans to collect tax for them. And they were seen as traitors, and they often took more money for themselves than uh, for, uh, more money than they needed to, and kept some back for themselves. Uh, and sinners refers to those who don't who don't obey the law. In particularly, those here probably heinous sins, like. heinous sins like robbery and violence and so that's on the one hand and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were they were the respected people they were the ones on the insides the morally upright uh, and religious people and they muttered this man Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them the eating with someone was an act of of intimate fellowship so these were the people on the inside, and the tax collectors and the sinners were the people on the outside. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they looked down on those who didn't have their knowledge, their morals, and their religious observance. They were saying, why is Jesus spending time with these people? They're bad people. They aren't respectable like us. 
See, they expected Jesus to be all about them. For Jesus to honour them and focus on them. But instead, Jesus seemed to be going out of his way to spend time with people who they thought were the wrong sort of people. And so Jesus told them this parable, or these three parables, as it turns out. He tells three stories uh, of lost things being found. Uh, There's a lost sheep, uh, a lost coin, and then a lost son, or lost sons, as it turns out. And it's, it's worth briefly rehearsing uh, the story of the younger son as we come to look at the older son. Uh, so the younger son asks uh, the father uh, uh, for his share in the inheritance. And it's like saying to the father, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want your stuff, but I don't want anything to do with you. And surprisingly, the father agrees and he gives him the money. And the younger son runs off and spends the money on wild living. And when the money runs out and he falls on hard times, he has to feed pigs, which are unclean animals for Jews. He even wants to share their food, but no one will help him at all. He's alone and destitute. So he goes back to the father. He knows that he's done wrong and that he's not worthy to be called his son anymore. He just wants to be like a hired hand. But before he even gets back, the father sees him from afar and runs out to meet him. The younger son doesn't even get through his rehearsed speech. The father gives him a massive hug and a kiss and gives him the best robe, puts a ring on his finger and throws a massive party. Killing the, fattened, killing the fattened calf. The father says, let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. Uh, and this is when the older son arrives on the scene. Uh, he comes in from a long day working in the fields. Uh, he hears the music. So he asks what all the commotion's about. And when he hears that his brother has returned and that his father has killed the fattened calf, he is furious. And in some ways, he's got reason to be angry. The father pleads with him, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. That's true. The younger son has already got his share of the inheritance. And so all that's left should go to the older son. And so all these robes, fattened calf, rings, that's coming out of his inheritance. So he refuses to go in. Now this would have been a big deal. His father had killed the fattened calf and thrown a party. Uh, Eating meat would have been been a special event uh, in that culture. Killing the fattened calf would have been a great extravagance. This would have been a big event in the community. And he refuses to be a part of it. The older son is saying, my father has lost his mind. I want nothing to do with this. He's humiliating the father. And so the father goes out to him and pleads with him. 
the father humbles himself to go out to pursue his son. But the older son says, look, look here. Not father or sir, but look. We expect a bit of respect from our children these days, don't we? But in those days, it would have been unthinkable to talk to a parent like this. He says, all these years I've been slaving for you and disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fan car for him. And the father pleads with him to come in and join the party. He tries to explain why it's been so extravagant. His son, your brother, my son, your brother had gone away. He'd gone off the rails. He'd been outrageously wicked. And he's still my son. He's still your brother. He was lost. It was like he was dead. But he came back. It's like he's back from the dead. So we had to celebrate. And that's where the story ends. As far as the listener knows, the older brother is unconvinced and remains on the outside. So at the end of the the three parables about lost things being found, there's one thing, one person who ends up lost on the outside. And that's the older brother. This is the sting in the tail of this parable. Who is in and who is out of God's kingdom? The outrageous sinner can come back. They can be found. In fact, Jesus is looking for them. But the respectable, morally upright person, they are the ones in danger of ending up outside of God's kingdom. It's a big warning. So what can we draw from this story, this parable that Jesus tells? Three things. Jesus gives us a new definition uh, of sin. Often when we hear the word think sin, we think of doing bad things. When we think of sin, we think of the, the younger son. The blatant disregard for God. But there are two ways to sin in this parable. Two ways to turn away from God. There's being very, very bad. And there's being very, very good. The older brother says to the father, I've been slaving for you and obeying you for years and you never gave me anything. Actually, he's just like the younger son. What he really wants are all the benefits so that he can enjoy them with his friends. He's not interested in the father. And so he was, he was disappointed because he didn't have what he really loved. He had the father, this most amazing, loving father. But he was still disappointed because he didn't really love the father. He was angry that, the others, were being, that others were being blessed and not him. He wanted the party. And he tries to control his father. He 
he says to him, if I'm good and I serve well, then God has to bless me. He was trying to use and manipulate the father to get what he really loves. How do you feel when this happens to you? When somebody uses you for something? Maybe somebody pretends to be your friend in order to get your help. That doesn't really want to know you. You don't like it when people treat you like that, do you? We all enjoy the good things that God gives us. Think of a normal day. We, we wake up in the body that God, God gives us. We breathe his air. We shower. We enjoy food, parents, friends, school. We go to sleep in our comfortable beds. And we rarely have heart space for the God who gives us everything so generously. We want God's stuff but we're not interested in the God who gives. We want to go our own way and be a ruler of our own lives and ignore God. Now, there may be those of us this morning who have younger son attitudes. I think we're probably all a mixture of the, of the two sons. But perhaps since we're found in, church, in a church gathering on a Sunday morning, there may be more older brother sin around. Perhaps you've been coming to church for a long time, trying to obey God. Maybe you too think, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Uh, here's a few questions to see whether we're like the older brother. Does being a Christian feel more like being a slave than being a son? That, that, there are lots of ways which God, uh, God uses to describe the Christian life. And, and servant is one of them. And Paul in his letters describes himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. So if you're a Christian, thinking of yourself as a servant is not, is not all wrong. But God has done something so much more wonderful in the Lord Jesus. If you're a Christian, God has made you into a son or daughter. And that is our primary identity as Christians. Are you full of anger or disappointment? I don't know why. Is your heart full of grumbling because your life isn't what you think you deserve? feel hard done by. You think you deserve God's blessing, blessing because you've lived a good life or you try not to be too bad. You served him faithfully, so why isn't life easier or better? You have a weak prayer life. You're more interested in the blessings of the Christian life than just talking to your father. Maybe you look down on others because they aren't good enough. They don't meet your standards. Or they're not free enough or whatever it is that you measure against. Now what's shocking about the passage is that 
It's the son who looks faithful in obedience, who is really ends up at odds with the father. It's the good son who ends up outside the father's home. It's possible to come to church and live an outwardly obedient and faithful life, but really be far from God the Father and end up outside God's party. So, Jesus has a new definition of sin. But the Father calls lost children home. I see the Father is earnest in calling this older son in to join the feast. Just as he was overjoyed to accept the younger son back. Who gets to go to heaven? It's a simple question. Who gets to join the feast in the parable? It was the younger son. Sinners. Sinners get to go to heaven. Sinners who humble themselves before the Father. We need to recognize our need for repentance and forgiveness because it's those who repent who are in. And we need to keep on doing that as Christians. We don't just need to repent of the things that we do wrong. But we, we do need to do that. We also need to repent of the things that we do right, that we think earn our way to God and twist his arm. Sometimes it's not so much our wickedness that keeps us far from God, but our damnable good works. God calls us to lay our deadly goodness down, as Tim Keller puts it. Lay down the good works that we're putting our trust in. Lay down the good works that make us feel so superior. But if you're not a Christian here this morning, or if you are a Christian, you've been realized that you've been acting like the older son. Recognize that you dishonored God by your actions. I wonder whether he'll accept you. See how the, the father pleads with the sons. Don't stay far away from God because you think he wouldn't welcome you. The Father promises a wonderful welcome. Whenever a sinner repents, there are celebrations in heaven over us. And keep on repenting. If you're a Christian, maybe you've just stopped repenting regularly. And may I encourage it to make it your practice to regularly repent to God and say sorry for the things uh, that you've done. Not just actions, but of your desires and your attitudes too. So the father pleads with the older son to come inside and celebrate with him. And if you're like the older brother or the younger brother this morning too, God is pleading with you. Come back inside. Now what's the antidote? elder brother sin what does the father say to the older son 
he says, my son. Christians need to recognize that we are sons and daughters of God. If you're a Christian, you get to call, call God your father. It's the deepest blessing of the Christian life to be forgiven by God and called a son or a daughter. He says, you are always with me. Christian, you live life in the presence of God, your heavenly father. By the Holy Spirit that he's given you, because of the perfect life and death of our Savior Jesus Christ, enjoy the presence of our Heavenly Father. Don't try and run away from him in your life, but know that he's with you always. He says, everything I have is yours. Christian, God has poured out every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's not holding back from you. The true fullness may yet to be revealed, but he's not holding back from you. We are now actually part of God's kingdom, part of God's family, part of his business. When you're living your Christian life, you're living in your family likeness. When you work hard to build up the church, We do so because it's the family business. It's ours. We're part of it. And we'll see it forever. A new definition. The Father calls lost children home. And finally, rejoice in the lost being found. Uh, This is a group of parables about lost things being found. And each parable... Uh, ends with a celebration. Uh, There's just the verses up there. And it's a repeated idea in all three parables that it's right to pursue what's lost with effort and rejoice when they're found. See God's heart for the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. The most important thing in the world is for people who don't know Jesus to know him. For spiritually lost people to be found by Jesus. For spiritually dead people to be brought alive. Like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, it can sometimes be easy to look down on those who are sinning more outwardly and more obviously. uh, And think, They could never really come to church or to Jesus. But if we start to think of people as those good enough for God and those not good enough for God, we are completely out of touch with what Jesus is doing. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We sometimes think that people who are more respectable are more likely to become Christians. But actually, people who are more obviously sinners are in some ways closer because it's obvious that they need God. It's actually harder for those who live whose lives are more respectable. As we come near to God and appreciate his heart for the lost, our hearts our hearts will be fired too. And not not just those who we get on with and who are outwardly respectable, like the older brother. But those who clearly don't deserve it, 
like the younger sons. There ought to be a particular focus in the life of the church and in the lives of each and every Christian to seek the lost. This week, perhaps, renew your focus to pray for people who you know, who don't know the Lord Jesus, to become Christians. Get out your diary and plan in time to spend with those who don't know the Lord Jesus. Respectable and non-respectable. Jesus shows the way by associating with sinners and eating with them. Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray that God would show us our sin and keep us repenting and give us a heart for the lost. Let's pray. Our Father God, we we thank you for these wonderful parables that the Lord Jesus told in Luke 15. And we pray that you would warm our hearts to really hear what you have to say. We pray that we would be those who would be constantly uh, seeing the sin in our hearts that drives us away from you. And humbly repenting and coming to you. Father God, we thank you so much for the forgiveness and the welcome which we have because of the Lord Jesus. Help us to rejoice and put our hope in him. We pray in Jesus' name.